For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is playing for the national title. It's too long, and Syracuse is your national champion. Who's out? What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network, with episode 84 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Purple Banana. In this episode, we are going to break down Syracuse's upcoming matchup with Virginia Tech on Thursday night, including areas where the Hokies can pose problems to Syracuse, keys to an orange victory, predictions for how the game will play out, and how important this game is for the rest of the season. As always, I am joined by Josh Crawford, Sidney Suple, and Griffin Delapena. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So the good news is Syracuse did not lose last week. That's the positive. So Syracuse coming off of a bye. Three-game losing streak is now over because they played nobody. And they are gearing up for the last five games of the schedule. It starts Thursday night against Virginia Tech on the road. So the question I have for my uh, wonderful panel of Sidney Griffin and Josh is what types of problems can Virginia Tech cause Syracuse? And how does Syracuse combat that? We're going to start with you, Sydney. Um, you know, what what is your impression of what Virginia Tech does and, and how they can cause some problems for Syracuse? Syracuse needs to be prepared for Thursday night. Virginia Tech, you know, they're interesting because they're also coming off of a bye week. But I think kind of the difference is this team has been progressively getting better. I think they had one of their best performances before their bye week against Wake Forest. And you have a quarterback who came in kind of, you know, once the season had already started, he came in a week three drones who has really just kind of grown tremendously and gotten more comfortable the more he has started. And actually his last game, he had one of his top games. It was his first 300-yard passing mark for the first time in his career. And similar to Schrader, he's kind of a dual-threat quarterback. His pass game is good, but he's also a quarterback who likes to tuck it and run. So he is definitely going to be a guy that Syracuse defense is going to have to contain. 
And also on the offensive side, I'd say wide receiver Lane, who has really made a name for himself, another transfer. He came from Middle Tennessee State, but he has actually had a touchdown in each one of the home games. So definitely a player who thrives at Lane Stadium. But I think overall, it's just the atmosphere. It's a Thursday night game on ESPN, and it's the first time Syracuse has really played a night game since Purdue. Yeah, uh, Lane going off in Lane Stadium. I see there's a, a connection there. But Plans. yeah, he he leads the team in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. He only had one 100-yard receiving game, but he's a big play threat because that 100-yard receiving game he had on only three catches. So he is someone that is is definitely going to be looking to stretch the defense. Syracuse needs to be aware of where he is. But you touched on a good point in, in drones and comparing him to Garrett Schrader. Both of them are guys that can take over games with their legs and have been very up and down throughout this year in terms of throwing the football, accuracy, yards, etc. Now, the difference is Garrett had most of his big games earlier in the season, whereas drones has had his more recently. So he's got a little bit moment of more momentum going into this game. But the time off, you wonder, does that reset Garrett? And does that, you know, take some of that um, continuity away from the Virginia Tech side, that's going to be an interesting storyline to, to watch. Griffin, let's go to you and your thoughts on what Virginia Tech can uh, pose to Syracuse. I think Virginia Tech and their passing defense could be very difficult for Garrett Schrader and the rest of the offense. Going back to your point that you just alluded to, this could be a reset for Garrett to get back to some of those earlier performances. But you look at Virginia Tech so far this year, and they're – Entire defense yards allowed per game is 341, but they're actually allowing more rushing yards than passing yards so far this season. So it's an opportunity for Garrett Schrader not just to reset and maybe have some more chemistry with these receivers, but I mean, this Hokie defense, it's no slouch uh, in pass D. So I think their secondary is going to come ready to play because same thing with them. They're going to be coming in fresh in a really good environment because this game means if not um, more to Virginia Tech than it does to Syracuse. So uh, we're going to really see Garrett Schrader be battle-tested come Thursday night. Yeah, it's so important for both teams and the way the rest of their schedules lay out. No question about that. Josh, your thoughts? Um, Hey, I think I, I do would agree with both of the points that sit, uh, both Sydney and Griff said in terms of, hey, we talked about it as a couple of weeks ago with the important Thursday night primetime game, nice stadium in Blacksburg, one of the toughest plays to play when you have a Beamer at the head of that squad. And like Griffin said, I think that there's some defensive stuff that the stats kind of belie that Virginia Tech could give us trouble in a couple of ways. I think one of the biggest ways with the way football is played now is with pass defense, being able to get out to the pass rusher. And a guy like Antoine Powell for Virginia Tech, he's one of the um, top sack leaders in the ACC with seven sacks. And we've seen this team struggle not only on our side to generate a consistent pass rush, but to hold up against opposing pass rushers. So I think that that's something that, again, been a consistent trend for us. Um, and I think that obviously we'll get a little to a bit of later, but there's no, there's no reinforcements coming on the offensive line. And I think that that'll be a thing that, you know, a guy like Mark Pichu, who kind of pitched a shutout in his first game against Purdue, had to really continue that trend. Um, but also going to the, the V tech side of the uh, offensive side of the football, I think we're going, uh, the opposing offense are going um, different directions. Totally. I think the SU is kind of losing momentum and kind of still struggling to find their identity on the offensive side of the ball versus Virginia tech. With that win that Sydney pointed out a couple weeks ago, it's kind of starting to find the rhythm. A guy like Jaden Lane becoming that that go-to receiver. A guy in uh, uh Sean Tuttle, he's kind of a dual threat guy either with uh, out of the backfield or catching the ball. So and 
for Virginia Tech receivers in Wake Forest, that Wake Forest game, they had, I think, three or four guys over 60 receiving yards. So it is concerning to, especially with a, a win against um, an equally yoked opponent in the ACC, they were able to really dominate, but also really establish their identity on both sides of the ball. And I think that that, in general, is something that SU is lacking. Want to eat healthy like Syracuse football players? Then you want Purple Banana. Located on Marshall Street next to Varsity Pizza, Purple Banana is known for its acai bowls, but offers many more bases than just acai with over 25 toppings to choose from. They also offer smoothies, cold-pressed juices, oatmeal, and salad. Everything is made from fresh ingredients daily and is colorful, healthy, and delicious. The vast majority of the shop is gluten-free, vegan, and dairy-free with options for all health-specific needs. Purple Banana is your go-to shop for healthy, delicious options that will have you feeling like a Syracuse Orange athlete. Visit purplebanana315.com or purplebanana315 on Instagram for more. From now until the end of football season, participate in the Smoothie Showdown at Purple Banana to support Syracuse players and their charities. Caleb Okachuku, Justin Barron, and Marla Wax have each created a signature smoothie. One dollar from the purchase of each of their signature smoothies will go to the charity of the player's choice. The athlete who sells the most smoothies will earn an extra $1,000 for his charity, with an extra $200 going to the other player's charities as well. And a couple of things. So Virginia Tech has played much better at home than they have on the road um, outside of their loss to Purdue. Now, Syracuse played much better against Purdue than Virginia Tech did. But Virginia Tech, as Josh mentioned, they have been trending in the right direction whereas Syracuse has been trending in the opposite direction. Now, part of that has to do with level of competition because Virginia Tech's loss sandwiched in between their two strong performances was against Florida State, which, you know, they blew out Virginia Tech just like they blew out Syracuse, although Virginia Tech was a little bit more competitive than what Syracuse was. Even still, would Syracuse have looked much better if they were playing Pittsburgh and Wake Forest as opposed to Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech was playing Clemson and uh, North Carolina, you know, that that's, that's kind of the, the interesting part about this in, in trying to evaluate where things are going. And then how does each team handle the buy? Does Syracuse use this as a mental reset and come back out refreshed and look like they did at the beginning of the season, especially with the level of competition, or did the break not really do what they needed it to do? And they kind of come out and continue the same from Virginia tech standpoint, does this sort of, you know, do they have some rust as opposed to, you know, starting to get things rolling a little bit or do they use that momentum to go into the bye week, get refreshed physically, and still come out rolling as they had been? So Syracuse is certainly going to have to navigate the environment. As Sydney said, I think something that Josh uh, touched on, which is Syracuse's ability to block opposing pass rushers, it's the line of scrimmage to me, I think, is such a huge factor in this game. Syracuse has to be able to stop Virginia Tech's rushing attack. They're averaging less than four yards per carry as a team on the season. And defensively, they're giving up almost five yards a carry and over 170 rushing yards per game. Syracuse has to be able to run the football against Virginia Tech to keep the crowd out of it, to get some momentum themselves. Now, the interesting part about this is in two of the last three games, they've kept their Virginia Tech has kept their opponents under 40 rushing yards and under two yards a carry. So even though overall in the season they've struggled two of the last three games, their two last home games, they've played pretty well uh, in, in terms of stopping the run. And then I think turnovers. Virginia Tech has turned the ball over at least once in six straight games, and they have forced a turnover, I think, in three of the last four games. So Syracuse, if they can take care of the football, they should have opportunities to turn Virginia Tech over based on the way that, that things have gone so far this season. So we'll keep an eye on the turnover battle.
the next thing I wanted to get to is, um, you know, Syracuse is out without two players, Kalen Ellis and Trevor Pena in this game. Uh, Dino Babers mentioned that Monday during his press conference that both of those players are not going to be available to Syracuse for this game. Real quick, uh, how much of an impact does this have on this game? We're going to go back to you, Josh, on this one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, It can't be too big of an impact just because neither one of those guys actually played this year. But we're talking about um, ways that they could help this team in areas that it needs to be, in, in areas that they're struggling in right now. It's immense. We talk about a guy in uh, Big Yellis. He was probably your second-best lineman last year outside of your second-round pick, Matt Bergeron. Started all 12 games. That said, was a highly rec- or rather highly recruited guy out of Hawaii. He's, he actually slimmed down a little bit in the offseason, going to getting from 370 to 375 to 350, and you can see it in the run game. He's a menace, and you're just talking about how important the line of scrimmage is. There's not a lot of ACC tackles in general that's going to there's gonna be a mismatch with him. So I think that, yeah, while the impact of him this season has been zero because he hasn't played, it would be a welcome addition to an O-line that has struggled throughout the season. And I think kind of the same thing for, for Trevor Pena. He's a guy that this offense has been a lacking explosive playmakers. I think we've all hashed about how much we don't think Damon offers a number one. And this offense is struggling for explosive players in general. And him being a, a electric guy, a kick returner, that's kind of what he offers in abundance. That's kind of his main steeds. So while we're kind of we're continuing to play with guys we haven't had all season, those guys would be the welcome additions and, you know, honestly could change the offensive dynamic a little bit depending on how healthy they are if and when they come back griffin your thoughts i mean i couldn't have said that any better it's it's a situation where you would love to have those guys be great but we we just haven't seen it we just don't know if they would be out there are they going to be that player that they were a year ago we've only seen a minuscule bit of trevor pena and it was on two punt returns and i'm pretty sure he had less than 10 yards total so it hasn't been a whole lot of time where he's actually been on the field, which has been concerning from day one, considering Coach Babers said uh, it was just an, an owie about, I don't know, six weeks ago. And <laughs> that owie's still there, and it's obviously pretty prevalent. So it's it's just sucks for Syracuse overall that you have these guys that could be huge game changers. And two weaknesses, I might add, for your team right now offensively, and there's just nothing that they can do. It's this continuous nature of if, if for this program, what if they had this? And, um, you know, you'd like to at least sometimes have the opportunity to know what those guys could do if they were out there on the field. No question. Uh, well said. Sydney, your thoughts? I'm really just echoing what everyone else is saying. You know, I think it would be a different story if they truly were game changers and they both have potential to be, don't get me wrong in saying that, but they just, they haven't been, they haven't been the guys that have, you know, really been deep in any of the stats columns or runs we're leading, leaning on in through the highs and lows. So does it maybe hurt your depth going into this week? Absolutely. But is it going to be a game changer or, or going to cause Virginia Tech to really prep for Syracuse any differently? I don't believe so. Yeah, and I'll just say this. Um, I know he's not one of the two that I mentioned, but if Syracuse had a run to Gatson, I think they win their last five games. 
I, I think it's that big of a difference because it completely changes the dynamic of the passing game. And it's just, you know, uh, to Griffin's point, all of the what ifs and, and all of those things. I mean, you can kind of go back every year since they won 10 games in 2018. There's been a what if regarding injuries that has seemed to derail the season one way or another. Um, and in some cases, several injuries. Uh, let's let's wrap it up with this. Um, how important is this going to kind of be a three parter to each of you? How important is this game for the rest of the season? Biggest key for Syracuse to win this game and a prediction. We'll go right back to you, Sydney. This game is truly the difference maker in how Syracuse finishes the rest of the season. You look at they came out so strong and then they dropped three, but really the narrative has been not necessarily just Syracuse. It's been about the opponents that they've played. Oh, they dropped three, but people kind of anticipate it because they were playing such high caliber teams. But if you go and you drop to Virginia Tech, now the narrative changes and it's not, well, you're playing really great competition. It's you're not as good as what we thought you were. So this game is really a game that's going to truly show what does the Syracuse team have? We see all of them kind of ravel a little bit when they started to lose last season. So I really want to see veteran leaders just step up and remind the team who they are and, and really get off on a better foot than they have these last three weeks. And I think the guys are all feeling confident in that. You know, Babers mentioned after their loss versus UNC, he truly believed the next time they stepped on the field that they would be the same team they were in the first four games. So the key way to get there is we really have to sh see Schrader in his full prime, which is when he's not only completing passes and, and having better chemistry with receivers, but we have to get his run game going. Obviously, that starts with the O-line, the interior guys, but that is a huge part of Syracuse offense, and LaQuint Allen can only do so much. And We really want to have that dual threat quarterback, which makes Schrader be so good. So I'm going to say all those things go well. Schrader gets his running game mm. back. Syracuse is the team we saw in the first four weeks, and they're going to walk away with a win. I think 23-17 is going to be a pretty close one. Interesting prediction. Um, yeah, I, I I think a lot of your points are are um, you know well said. The biggest key to me is I think the turnover battle. I, I think Syracuse has to take care of the ball as much as they've had offensive issues in the last three weeks. Part of that is because of self inflicted wounds, turning the ball over, unforced errors, those types of things. So have to be clean from that standpoint because it feels like you'll the defense with the way they've been playing you know, absent the North Carolina game, they've had multiple opportunities in all of the other games to force turnovers, some of which they haven't taken advantage of. And this is a game I think you need to. Um, and I also think this is a game where as much as I think Syracuse needs to run the ball and feature LaQuint Allen and all the things, Sydney, as you said, I think this is a game where Garrett Schrader could take off running and kind of take over the game almost like he did at Purdue. Talent level, I think it's kind of similar. And so I think he could potentially have a big advantage in that area. Uh, Griffin, we're going to go to you for your thoughts on, on this. I think that this is the game that you look back on and if it doesn't go Syracuse's way, you're looking at probably a six-win season. But if they win this game, I think that that could really catapult them into potentially something special in these last five games. You look at the rest of their schedule, and it's one of the easiest remaining schedules in the country. Between those five teams, there's just eight conference wins between five teams. That is not good. That's not very good at all, especially when you consider the last three opponents 
that Syracuse has played. So if on a, a very tough environment game, on a quote-unquote short week, even though you just came off your bye, and a nationally televised game, if Garrett Schrader can have a quote-unquote legacy-type game, if he can be that dual-threat guy, if you just mentioned, if he can run the football like he did at Purdue and be that you know Madden-created player-type guy, that's going to be something that you could look back on this season and say that performance right there is how Syracuse got to back-to-back bowl game seasons, or that's how they really turned things around on a dime, which was the complete opposite of last year. So I do think that Syracuse will be able to move the ball better than they have in the last three weeks. I think that Garrett will rise to the occasion, and I think the defense is going to get crucial stops late. Uh, and maybe get one of those turnovers in a very key spot. And I see them pulling away with a, a 2014 win with the defense getting a big stop late uh, to make sure that they get the win and snap that three-game losing streak. Josh, your thoughts? Um, Based on what this team has given us this far, they proved to be a middle to lower to ACC team. And that's what they go. They're going up against, you know, the rest of the back half of the schedule, like Griffin just pointed out. I think that they're probably more talented than the rest of these teams us on their schedule outside of Haynes King, mm-hmm. what he did against Miami. I think we'll probably have the best quarterback going into all these games, but I'm not in a position where I can say that I even I trust the team to go 5-0 or even 4-1 against the back half of the schedule. I think that when you have a stretch like they did and with the three-game ranked ACC stretch, you uh, the, the that kind of plays out. You you definitely – it's harder – it's easy to say hard to do with not letting that kind of – Pummeling beat you going forward. And also with the way that this team, you know, plays other competitions in certain situations, it also leads to playing down in certain situations too. So I do think this is probably one of those games, one of those games that you're going to probably play down the comp just a little bit. Um, and I'm going to go with a 28-24 Virginia Tech win. Like I said, I think that it's a thing that I don't even necessarily denote that it's going to be like um, a turning point in the season. I think it's kind of the same way we looked at it and saw that, well, this three game this three game rank stretch will tell us how good this team is. I think that this back half of the schedule will tell us how um how how where the team sits in the the middle of the ACC pack. I think they're up the top more than the bottom, but not five and zero against the rest of these teams. So I think that they'll play down the comp, and this will probably be one of those games where they do. So Josh hates Syracuse, is what I just learned. Yeah, I would hammer minus three. By the way, that's my betting <laughs> advice for the week. Um. So in in all seriousness, um, you know it. It's you can't really refute anything that that Josh said there, right? I mean, they, they are what they are, and and they are what they've shown us so far. Uh, but I think this has the potential to be a swing game in that, to Josh's point, you know, letting the three losses sort of you know roll into other losses. If you turn it around and win this game with the schedule you've got coming up, I think they're better than Pittsburgh. I think they're better than Wake Forest. I think they're better than Boston College. Georgia Tech, I think, is better than Syracuse then you've got the potential to win eight games, you know, realistically. And if Garrett Schrader is able to take over this game, lead Syracuse to a win, and they do end up with eight an eight-win regular season going into a bowl game, then, yeah, that's a very strong season, considering they lost off of last year's team, Matthew Bergeron, Sean Tucker, Garrett Williams, multiple NFL guys, Mikel Jones, and would have increased their win total in the regular season – I think that would be a feather in the cap of Dino Babers and the program. And you could point to that and say, we're headed in the right direction and who they played to get to those wins. 
ultimately doesn't really matter when you start looking at the final record. So um, yeah, very important game. I've got Syracuse winning 27, 24. I think just like Griffin Syracuse scores um, in the fourth quarter to take a lead and the defense gets a stop to clinch the victory. And we remember the last time they were here, it was a Garrett Schrader to Davian Alford touchdown in the final seconds that won them the game. It could kind of play out somewhat similar, but I think Virginia tech will get the ball with enough time to go down and try to match that score. But Syracuse's defense will come up with the stop to earn the victory. That'll do it for this week's believe in Syracuse podcast for Sydney Griffin and Josh. I'm Mike McAllister. And we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.